0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning and welcome to the morning briefing for Wednesday, January 24th, 2018. I'm your host, Eric Dame. Jake Hughes is your producer. And coming up on today's show, as I said, it's Wednesday and you know what that means. Well, if not, I'll tell you. It means the American Legion is going to come by. Specifically, their TBI and PTSD programs coordinator, Ryan Britch, is going to help us find out the info we need to know about what the Legion is doing to help combat those two issues facing many afflicted veterans. And then our friend, Marine Corps veteran and Bellator MMA fighter, Shane Crutchton, is going to come on to talk about his fight with Aaron Pico this past Saturday. Things didn't go Shane's way in that fight, so you might be thinking, well, I'm kind of surprised he's showing up to do a radio interview afterwards. But you know what? In defeat, as in victory, Shane's a stand-up guy, and we look forward to talking to him about how he's dealing with that loss, what he's learning from the loss. All of that and more coming up on the Morning Briefing. Today on this, uh, well, I guess it's a beautiful Wednesday morning. I don't know, it's still dark outside. All I can see is Jake Hughes sitting in the beautiful spotlight of the guest's chair in the studio when you turn your head up like that in this almost angelic pose as i have to describe to people because you know that's how radio works it it really is striking yeah god i'm beautiful i know i feel like uh, leonardo dicaprio in titanic let me paint you no just oh, come stop. on man i can paint you i can paint you we could we could make some money off of this we can put it out there
1: trust me i do not have a, the body for painting
0: you know, back in the day, the classic artists, <laughs> everybody was a little chubby, you know? You see those statues and you're like, this was the epitome of beauty. And you're like, really? A lady with a beer gut was the epitome of beauty? <laughs> All right, cool. I can get it. I can be down with that because got one myself. But it is, of course, the morning briefing. And I'm, of course, Eric Dame. He is Jake Hughes here on Intercom's ConnectingVets.com. Connecting vets every day. And, oh, boy, we've got a lot, a lot to talk about today uh we've also got fantastic guests coming up as i mentioned we're going to talk to the legion about tbi and ptsd uh which are two very serious issues often linked together uh facing the veteran community and the legion is is doing some great work to draw attention to those uh, dual issues and then shane crutchton a man who tapped out jq's on video and uh, well he did it twice how long total would you say it took for him to tap you out
1: probably a uh- combined a second
0: yeah and it's i think it's probably um informative to someone when you feel the strength that a professional fighter has and their ability to do that now to be fair you offered up your neck so it's a little bit easier but when you see uh, them lose in a fight it gives you that much more respect for the other guy and exactly. Shane Shane fought on saturday against aaron pico who is a guy who came out of the amateur wrestling world and was labeled a can't miss prospect who then lost his very first professional fight <laughs> um it, it happens he got caught everybody can get caught that's how that's how competition works sport sports work fighting works football you know any given Sunday all that stuff and oh don't worry we'll get to football in just a minute oh, but Aaron Pico uh, was labeled a camp miss prospect, lost his first fight in his second fight moved up a weight class and knocked a guy out brutally his third fight was Shane Crutchton They brought in Shane to give him another test because Shane is an excellent fighter on the ground. You know, 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu, very talented. And Aaron Pico landed a liver shot on our boy Shane that made me grimace. And that was just the first one. And that one knocked down Shane, who then tried to get Pico to join him on the ground. Pico decided he wasn't having any of that rather smartly because he seemed to be uh, looking much better on the feet. Shane got back up. Pico landed another shot to the liver, and it just shut Shane's body down. So we're going to talk to him about what that feels like. Um, I can tell you what it feels like having been kicked in the liver before and it stinks. And that punch was ridiculously, ridiculously hard. So Shane is going to join us in uh, just a while to talk about that fight, talk about the loss. Let's move on now to uh, a a subject that basically dominated the show yesterday, which was the Please Stand ad from AmVets. So I wrote an op-ed on that. You can find it on ConnectingVets.com now. If you follow our Facebook page, it is the most recent post on there. So go check it out. And it's basically Uh, my op-ed is about how I'm I'm done with the NFL and it's not the kneeling issue. I respect anyone's right to freedom of expression, freedom of speech, and I will defend their right to do so. I would prefer, as the vast majority of veterans would, that everyone stand for our national anthem. But if you decide for whatever reason that you think you need to kneel, uh, okay, I, I, I respect your decision to do that. I disagree with it. And I will be vocal about disagreeing with it if I want to. But I respect your decision to do that. I will not try to force you to stop. I will not allow anyone else to try to force you to stop. And that's fine. That's how it's supposed to work. You do what you need to do. I'm going to do what I need to do. But let's be respectful of each other's positions, even when we disagree with them. However, respectful doesn't mean I'm not going to voice my opinion. I can do so respectfully. And that's what AmVets did with this ad. Hashtag please stand. Doesn't say anything about the motivations of the kneeling players. Doesn't say anything about politics. Just please stand. We would prefer that you stand for our anthem. I put on Twitter yesterday that I believe the vast majority of veterans would prefer that everyone stand for our national anthem. Now, Jake, you and I have talked to hundreds of veterans on this show over the last six months. Mm -hmm. How many that we've talked to about this issue have said that they wouldn't prefer people to stand?
1: Uh, I can't think of one. And it's important to remember that we're not saying demand people stand. We're saying would prefer people to stand. As in saying, like Eric just said, I respect your right to kneel. If you feel like you need to kneel, that's fine. But I would prefer it
0: if you stood. Right. My opinion, which is equally as valid as yours, Mm -hmm. is that you should stand. I'm not going to grab you by the scruff of the neck and make you stand. And if you're an NFL player, that really wouldn't work out well for me anyway. Um, so, you know, it's it, that's not going to happen unless you're my son, in which case that kid is going to be standing for the national anthem uh, for the rest of his life. But anyway, this is... Um, this is how things work nowadays with the discussion because I put it on there. A bunch of people responded positively to it. Then I got people responding negatively to it, one of whom appears to be a Canadian with no ties to the U.S. military because when I asked, like, you know, hey, they were like, Yo, how dare you speak for all veterans? So I'm not speaking for all veterans. I'm saying from my experience, the vast majority of veterans, I'm saying if you got 100 veterans together and asked them whether they would prefer everyone stand for the flag, upwards of 90 maybe even a 100 of them, depending on who the group is, are going to say, yes, I would prefer that everyone stand for the national anthem. Would you say that that's likely true? I'd agree with that completely. Yeah. You're going to have groups where you might have, I think, at the most, depend on random samplings, I think at the most you'd find 10% of veterans. And that would be in a, in a, a freak, a, a fluke random sampling, because I think in most random samplings you're going to find If not a hundred, like one or two away from a hundred out of a hundred are going to say that it's just, it it is what it is. And if people don't believe that, I think they're delusional. I think that they're projecting their beliefs onto others. And because they are one of those one, two, three people, they want to believe they're part of a larger group within the veteran community. And I'm sorry, you're not, you're just not. I work in, I work with veterans. I work in talking to veterans every day. I, over half of my people on social media are veterans. Every single one of them, with a couple exceptions, would prefer everyone stand for the national anthem.
1: And again, I, I can't stress this enough. We're not saying veterans that would that. Don't want you to kneel. We're not saying, no, you shouldn't kneel. We're saying, I prefer
0: you stood. You can even say, you shouldn't kneel. That's fine. That's your opinion. As long as you're not trying to force them to stand up, that's okay. That's how freedom of expression works. But what's happening right now with the NFL, with this AMVETS thing, and with so much more, is that one side of the equation is getting a free pass, and the other side can't even pay to get in on it, as was evidenced by AMVETS. That's one of the lines from my op-ed, one that I'm rather proud of.
1: Now, but, let me ask you this, because I think if you've been following this story on social media...
0: Oh, you, I have.
1: Yeah. you've <laughs> no. I'm talking to the, the people in general, have seen certain posts from people from AMVETS that seems to cast... A little bit of a shadow on this.
0: Now, I know you have strong opinions, so I'm asking. I don't think a lot of people people do, so we need to explain that. Most people are not going to have seen this. So on Twitter, something was posted, and I'm not even sure exactly who it was, but someone who's part of a military PAO group on Facebook. I know other people in there. Here's how I understand that this happened. The AMVETS received the no response from the NFL, and one of their uh, uh, public affairs directors, essentially, went onto this Facebook group and said, like, hey, we've got a big story, and I think uh, uh, some news organizations are going to be interested with this. In particular, Fox News. Does anyone have contact info for them? All right, that doesn't look good. You should have contact info for someone at a major news organization like that when you're working for a major VSO. Um, That was probably a poor decision to do but here's the thing it's after the NFL said no. And he's saying, Hey, we're going to send this out to all media organizations, but we think Fox news might be the most interested in this. So we're definitely going to make sure we get it to them as well. The person who tweeted out the screen cap of that says, look, he admits that they created the ads just to get the Fox news. Grandpas all riled up. Okay. Where does it say that exactly? It doesn't. So I responded to that tweet saying, where does it say that? All I see is someone doing their job. This is a public relations person uh, working to get a press release out to media organizations. That that's what his job is. That's what he's paid to do. So what's the problem here? Where does he say that he that they specifically created the ad just for publicity and just to get people riled up? I certainly didn't see it in that screen cap. So is there another screen cap that you're missing there? And uh, somebody responded to that saying Hey, I'm a member of that group, and they, uh, he started asking about it before the NFL ever said no. I said, really? Where's your proof of that? Because if that's true, then this is a very different story. But I didn't see it here. I don't see it in this post. I don't see any other one. Where's your proof of that timeline? Also, if you don't work for AMVETS, how do you know when the NFL responded? Did he say, like, hey, we're sending this story out to the NFL, and we know they're going to say no, and then we'll be able to give it to Fox News? Show me that. And then I'll be like, okay, this is a different story then. That didn't happen because I got no response from that person. So I'm going to assume that it didn't happen because you've given me no proof that it did other than your claim. Like, yeah, you said it before. Okay, prove it. Again, you got to prove it. You can't just say, well, they said it before the NFL said no. How do you know that timeline unless you work for the NFL or AMVETS, unless he specifically said, we're going to send out this ad to the NFL and we know they're going to say no. So that's, honestly, to me, that's much ado about nothing. That's someone trying to smear uh, AMVETS because they disagree with it. And, again, there's proof that there are veterans who disagree with AMVETS' statement, but I think the vast majority agree.
1: Yeah, I had a a good friend of mine who who is a Marine Corps vet, Even said, he went on, he he disparaged, we'll say, uh, and vets for saying, for trying to post the ad, and he was quickly shut down by some of my other veteran friends, but it just goes to show that, yes, there are people with different opinions on this this subject, but... And that's fine! Exactly, but we still stand with the majority of veterans, because again, we're not saying... Do you think they should be allowed to stand? No, we're saying, or, or be allowed to kneel. No, yeah, we're no not saying just, that. No we're talking
0: about making a law to keep people exactly. from kneeling. We're
1: know? simply saying, would
0: you prefer it if they stood? And I can't think of a veteran that would say no. Oh, I know a couple. But again, a couple out of thousands that I know. And you know what? One of the things that a, a, a veteran, a disabled veteran, according to his Twitter bio, who started off very aggressively coming at me, and then I think, like, I don't respond to people aggressively on Twitter unless it's, uh, unless I'm arguing with them about, like, mixed martial arts or something, then it can get a little bit testy. <laughs> but when it comes to especially veterans issues, I, I try to always remain respectful and calm. Uh, the Canadian person yesterday said that that was me being smug. I was like, no, if I were being smug, uh, you'd know, trust (laughs) me, Uh, this is me being respectful. And then I asked the Canadian person if, if they actually served in the U S military and it seemed that maybe no, because they deflected, didn't answer that question and responded four hours later and didn't didn't answer the question. I was like, okay, I think I know what's going on here. There, there was this uh, disabled veteran who was like, listen, if you don't, if you want to stand, you stand, but you respect my right to kneel. And I was like, dude, I do. That's I've, I've told you that already in this Twitter back and forth, but you also have to respect my right to say that I disagree with you kneeling. And also the, the thing that people were calling me out on and it was a minority. Saying that the vast majority of the vast majority of veterans do, and I really don't know how else to say that they're saying it's all well, your experience is all anecdotal. Okay, fine. What at what number? of veterans does it become not anecdotal when i speak to a thousand veterans and 995 of them say yeah no i think everybody should stand for the national anthem that's fine okay is that still anecdotal what if it gets up to uh, half a million i mean it's anecdotal no matter what and people use that to dismiss things but it's it's a fact i'm telling you it's a fact you can disagree with me but you're wrong That's fine. You can disagree with facts all you want, and you can make it uh, in your head like you're part of this uh, this majority of veterans who are out there, you know, saying, "Yeah, everyone should kneel. No one should stand for the flag." As the uh, gentleman on Twitter that I was talking about, the uh, disabled veteran, was saying to me uh, that everyone should take a knee because democracy is dead and blah blah blah. I was like, "Well, I don't think that's necessarily true either." So you know, obviously, we're going to disagree. It's just it's it's sad to me that the discourse in today's day and age is you're only allowed to say something if you agree with me. Otherwise, you're this or you're that. And I was called on Twitter yesterday a fascist, Hmm. a white supremacist, uh, and other lovely things. And I was like, you know what, when people start pulling out those uh, sort of insults, I, that just means, you know, so what's what's the law of the internet? Like eventually someone's going to uh, compare somebody to Hitler. Uh, I think Poe's law. Yeah, something like that, where eventually when when you don't have a leg to stand on, because listen, I know people, and again, I do know a couple people that, that would disagree with me on whether people should kneel during the anthem or not, but they also aren't going to, they're, they're not delusional, so they're not going to say that the vast majority of veterans don't agree with me. The fact that people were calling you don't speak for all veterans. I was like, no, I never claimed to be speaking for all veterans. I'm pointing out a fact that the vast majority of us prefer people stand for our national anthem because that flag means a little bit more to us than it does to many people because that national anthem means a little bit more than it does to us because many of us have stood at ceremonies with caskets draped in that flag. And that drives the point home to us a little bit more again, Anyone who tries to force someone to stand, not okay with that. Anyone who expresses the opinion that they want someone to stand or that they should stand or that they prefer that they stand, that's okay. You're allowed to do that. You see, the freedom of expression works both ways, and that's not happening in today's in today's discourse. Yeah, it's basically—
1: Yeah, there's a line from a Metallica song, you can do it
0: your own way just as long as it's done just how I say. Yeah, and there's also a uh, an ice tea song or album, I think, called Freedom of Speech. Just watch what you say. And that's what it's come down to. Yeah. Because for me saying that myself, and yes, I am a veteran, so I guess as a veteran, but as myself would prefer people to stand and the vast majority of veterans that I know would also prefer to that somehow makes me a white supremacist. Huh. Mm. Okay. Maybe. My desire for you to stand has nothing to do with your reasons for kneeling. Maybe it has to do with my reasons for wanting you to stand. Maybe I think that there are some things that should be respected no matter what by everyone. If you may, you may have the most valid reason to do something. That, that, that is just considered socially unacceptable. If you do that socially unacceptable thing, I mean, like, Jake, if you were um, if, if I were committing a grave injustice against you and then every day you showed up at my front door and dumped uh, a bucket of paint over my front door and front lawn and kept doing that every day. Uh, you may be valid if I were committing those injustices against you, but your response to it is not OK. It's not going to be OK to a, the vast majority of people. It wouldn't be paint. Well, you know, I didn't want to use any sort of other thing on the air, but, you know, uh, (laughs) brown paint, let's say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I see your point.
0: Like you can't, you can't, there are certain things that as a society we have decided deserve respect and reverence. When it comes to symbols, those are our flag. Our national anthem, uh, the cross for religious people, the crescent, the star of David, depending on what religion you are, uh, Zenu's nine heads, or, if, or whatever. If you don't know, if, you're, if you go that way, <laughs> um, there are certain things that we have decided as a society you should respect and revere, and that flag. That when I was a kid, we stood up and said the Pledge of Allegiance to every day mm-hmm. in school, and you did not have the option of sitting down. Even at a public school, a teacher would grab you by the scruff of the neck or your shirt and stand your butt up if you didn't stand for the ne- Pledge of Allegiance. And that was in liberal Northeast America, New England, Connecticut, not a place that's known for, you know, people, uh, uh, you know, being the hillbillies. Another thing I was called yesterday. I, yeah, we have some hills in Connecticut, but not that big hills. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. There are not many hillbillies. Yeah. Yeah, you're from, in the you're from Burning Land, man. <laughs> Burning Land? Bernie Land. Oh, Bernie Land. And uh, he's farther up, closer to Canada. See, I'm from like right near New York City, but that's a whole different thing. I'm from you know Bill de Blasio's neck of the woods. And uh, Joe Lieberman, former vice presidential candidate and senator, went to the same high school I did. We actually lived in the same building for the first year after I got out of the Navy. Uh, Although apparently he was never at that building. They were like, yeah, he has a residence here because I think uh, for his political career, he was required to have a residence in Connecticut. But uh, he was... Apparently never really there. Um, yeah, so the whole thing—I mean, just the reaction I got from people, and and, and how how people are so angry. I mean, I could picture them screaming at their computer screens, standing on their chairs, <laughs> typing in all caps. In like, how oh, dare you! Like you I'm don't remember. so sh- angry b- b-. right now. A lot of projecting going on. A lot of projecting of what they think other people must think, what other people's reasons are. It's funny when you hear people saying, "You know, how how does this not relate to the reasons of these uh, these athletes standing for injustice against African Americans in the United States?" It must be about that. It's like, okay. Aren't you complaining about those people saying uh, that everyone should stand for the national anthem, basically projecting what they think about the motives for people? There's so much projecting going on when, to me, the flag issue is very simple. And in the op-ed that I wrote, it has nothing to do with the kneeling issue. You kneel. I will defend your right to kneel. If some doofus... Comes charging up at uh, pick a pick a player. Well, Colin Kaepernick. He's not in the NFL anymore. But let's say he gets signed and he starts kneeling again, even though he said he's done with that. If he did get signed, which I think was just a move to try to get <laughs> yeah, signed by get a team. Uh, he if he took a knee and I saw some doofus wearing his uh, you know his military ball cap and his American flag shirt charging at him to try and tackle him or something. Guess what? I'm not going to join in on the tackle. I'm going to go in and try to take that guy's legs out and stop him from doing that because that's not what we do in this country. And then after I get up from sweeping that guy's legs out and doing a double leg takedown on him, I'm going to tell Mr. Kaepernick, Hey, I would prefer if you stood for our national anthem. I'm going to defend your ability and your right to do so, but I would prefer if you stood. And again, it doesn't matter what your motivations are if you're kneeling for the greatest cause in all of human history, if you're kneeling to bring attention to TBI and PTSD affecting our veterans, which we'll be talking to the American Legion about in just a few minutes, no stand. I don't care what the reason is. You stand for that flag because I know too many people that gave all or some of themselves and their lives to defend what that flag stands for. Mm -hmm. So I want you to respect it. And I believe that you should stand. And again, that's it. That's it. It has nothing to do with whether I agree or disagree with their reasons for doing so. To me, there is no reason to kneel during our national anthem. There's no valid reason. I don't care what it is. There is nothing that supersedes that during that moment. The only reason that you shouldn't stand for our national anthem is if you do not have the ability to stand If you physically cannot stand, then you don't. And when I see people who physically can't stand still doing what they can to render honor to that national anthem and that flag, that tells me all I need to know. Because you know what? Those people typically are going to be veterans. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about how much respect and reverence we have for that flag, that anthem, and what it means to our brothers and sisters in arms— that's why the vast majority of us would prefer everyone stand and believe that you should stand. We're not going to force you to. We're going to ask you to. And that, that's it. That's the whole discussion. It doesn't matter what your motivation is for doing it. If you hate the military, that's okay. Fantastic. Good for you. I, you know, you're allowed to have those opinions. You're allowed to do those things. You want to kneel, you're allowed to kneel. I believe that you should stand. That's all it comes down to. Now, the op-ed is about how I'm done with the NFL, not because of uh, the kneeling issue specifically, but about the, the the NFL's double standard on this and their their ridiculousness over the years. It's been just kind of a slow boil, whether it's Ray Rice knocking out his wife in an elevator and then basically doing nothing about it until uh, the public saw the video much later after they did and p- public uh, outcry. It's about Adrian Peterson beating his son with a piece of wood and then barely, sa- barely doing anything thing at first again until the public outcry got there but then in this case they're way ahead of it and you know what i think the public outcry would be a lot smaller than they seem to think it is but i think they're hedging their bets and you can read all about what i think about that by going to connectingvets.com and checking out that one it's called okay now i'm done with the nfl I wasn't done with it this year. I watched a little bit this year. My team didn't play very well, so I kind of lost interest. Watched zero plays last weekend. That's not true. I watched about a minute worth of football last weekend. And uh, in two weeks when the Super Bowl or week and a half when the Super Bowl comes up, I'm going to have some free time on Sunday at 6.30. I have to decide what I'm going to do. See what else is on TV. That counter Super Bowl programming. All right, coming up in just a few moments, the American Legion's TBI and PTSD coordinator, Ryan Britch, is going to give us the info on what the Legion is doing to combat the dual scourges of traumatic brain injuries and post-traumatic stress disorders. You definitely don't want to miss that. And then coming up a little bit later, our friend Shane the War Rhino Crutchton, fresh off his Bellator debut, didn't go how he wanted it to, but he is going to grow and learn from that, and he's going to tell us all about it. Coming up, Morning Briefing. Wednesday, January 24th, 2018. I'm your host, Eric Dame. Jake Hughes is your producer, and ConnectingVets.com is your website. Connecting Vets every day, and doing so with a brand new website. Go check out our new format. Again, ConnectingVets.com. And the best way to be kept up to date on what we're doing at ConnectingVets.com? Follow us on social media where we are at ConnectingVets.com. Isn't that all convenient? Of course it is. Our team of veterans and the veteran adjacent working hard every day to get you the best news, information, opinions, entertainment, all that good stuff available for you each and every day on the brand new and improved ConnectingVets.com website. Someone that was featured a couple times on the older ConnectingVets.com website, and the stories I think are still on the new one, is mixed martial arts fighter and Marine Corps veteran Shane the War Rhino Crutchton. Now, we've talked to Shane a few times because of his charitable efforts that led to him being given a Harley Davidson motorcycle during Mission Thank You, talking to him about his brothers-in-arms helping save his life after he had some struggles after leaving the Marine Corps, and of course, talking to him before his debut with Bellator MMA, which took place this past Saturday at Bellator 192. Here to talk to us about that now is Shane Crutchton. Shane, good morning, brother. How you doing?
2: What's going on, guys? How you doing?
0: Yeah, we're doing pretty good. You know, as I mentioned, we were a little down in the dumps this week. Not as much as you, I imagine, because you made your Bellator (laughs) debut. I'm there watching it live on the Paramount Network, pulling for you as you take on vaunted prospect Aaron Pico and things didn't go your way as you did lose that fight to Pico, you know, take us through that day and all the emotions that you went through, you know, leading up to the fight and then the fight itself and it not going your way overall, what was the day like for you, Shane?
2: You know, it's, you know, like you said, it's my second loss and almost, it's my, uh, second loss in almost 10 years. So, you know, fourth loss overall, but, uh, you know, leading up to it, it was very well recep. I was very well received uh, when I showed up for fight week. Uh, you know, everybody, the the community there at Bellator MMA is just amazing.
0: Mm. Uh,
2: loved me. Um, I got to sit down and have private meetings with uh, with Big John McCarthy and Mike Goldberg. Uh, you know, it was really cool to sit in a room and and they knew a lot about me already. You know, just I've been around. You know, I'm a I'm a seasoned vet, so. Um, definitely Goldie knew a lot about me and, uh, he was very, you know, he, I walked in the room and you could see him light up. Like he was almost honored to meet me. It was awesome. Wow. Um, you know, but, uh, they, they learned about, you know, my real mission, how I give back and how I, how much charitable don't, how much charitable work I really do. And they were sitting at this table with Josh Thompson and they were just like, what, you know, like, they had no idea to the extent that I give back. So, they, you know, it was kind of amazing to be able to fill them in. And they were like, and you still have time to be a full-time dad? <laughs> you know? Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, it, it it is what it is. You know, I just had to cut the weight. And I, I walked in. I, I We thought we had a great game plan. And, you know, unfortunately, the Internet haters are out there saying, oh, guy sucks, this that, and that. I mean that that's gonna come. I get it. You know, I lost, but um, I got hit with a body shot real early. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can hear you can hear uh, Big John McCarthy. I actually watched it twice this morning. Uh, I, I keep replaying it. I don't know why. Um, you know, it's kind of like pour, I consistently keep pouring salt on my own wound. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, I, I keep watching it, and I, I get hit with two solid body shots, and Big John even alludes to it in the, in the broadcast, he's like, most people don't stand after one of those. Yeah. He goes, nobody stands after two of them. Um, you know, and it did literally the first one shut my legs off. And unfortunately after the first one, everybody can see me on the ground and I'm, I call him to come down and play some jujitsu. Yeah, I noticed that and he, wanted, <laughs> he, he wanted nothing to do with it, but my legs were already turned off and you can hear big John saying, you know, liver shot, turns your legs off. And unfortunately, I tried to stand up, and the only thing that was moving was my head. Uh, <laughs> there, was, there was no other movement. Um, you know, and he hit me with that second one. The second one literally just it, it shut me off. It was a light switch of, for my body, and I couldn't, even, I couldn't move at all for a better part of 30-plus seconds.
0: Yeah, and and it's one of those things that I, I had to explain to people, having worked in mixed martial arts, calling fights, uh, it, how difficult that shot to the liver can be, particularly I think yeah. for guys who fight at the smaller weight classes, because there's less insulation protecting it. So when you take a shot, it's going right there. And and actually uh, the day or two days after you fought this Monday, we talked to your fellow Marine and pro fighter H.W. Floyd, and after the show, we were talking about that liver shot, and he was like, you know, I never understood liver shots until Cowboy Cerrone. He kicked me in the liver while he was out training with uh, Colton Smith uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> he said, "I thought I was going to die." And I mean, you know, these you yeah. guys are Marines. You're Marines who've who've been through hell and come back. It, it's not like you're not tough. It's not like you can't fight through <laughs> adversity. There are certain things like if you get hit the right way, whether it's on the chin, whether it's behind the ear, the temple, the liver. There are certain shots that are just they're going to shut you down. Right? There's nothing you can do about it.
2: A hundred percent. You know, when I got hit, it, uh, you know, I, I actually, I got to talk to Mike Beltran. He called me on the phone, my referee for that fight. He called me a couple days after the fight, just to, just to see how I was doing. Um, and Mike and, uh, you know, big John actually, when I got hit by the first one, they, he said in their head, they were like, please don't stand up you know they they yeah. but they knew i have that warrior mentality that i'm not dead i'm standing up yeah and uh and even my coaches were like oh shit he's getting on his feet <laughs> uh so you know my my um my coaches you know i i'm coached by some of the best in the world and my uh my one coach manolo hernandez he ended up realizing that uh i i got hit really solid and he was like Oh no! Please don't stand up, Shane. Please don't stand up because he knew the he knew my body wasn't ready. And uh, when I stood up, yeah. my coach was like, "Uh oh, there's his heart." Yeah. <laughs> you, you know. The, but uh, when I got hit by the second one, Mike knew and uh, did a great stoppage. I actually, you can see in the video. I, I thank him for the stoppage, and I, I tell him, "Good job, you know. Thank you for stopping that fight because it was over. I mean, I couldn't move." Right. And he, uh, he slaps me on the chest during the broadcast. So it is what it is. But yeah, like you said, when, when certain shots just end your day, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, how much heart you have, how much uh, skill you have, you're done.
0: Yeah. You know, and it's a brutal one. I do want to remind you, though. Watch the language, brother. I had to use oh. the dump button on you. <laughs> oh, That's, okay. That's okay. Next time, though, I'm coming after you. And yeah. uh, actually, no, I'm not. I'm not coming after you because that wouldn't work out very well for me. Because we're <clears throat> talking to professional mixed martial arts fighter, Marine Corps veteran, and Purple Heart recipient Shane Crutchton about his debut at Bellator 192, which, uh, you know, as you mentioned, you were treated very well. And during the television broadcast, you know, you're fighting against a guy, in Aaron Pico, who is perhaps the biggest prospect in mixed martial arts right now and and we saw why during that fight. I don't know many 145 pounders who have the ability to hit as hard as that young man does, particularly at his size. I mean, this is a 5'8 145 pound kid who used to fight at 135 pounds who landed a liver shot on you that that I mean it made my TV shake. It was so loud when it landed. This is this is a a great fighter and oftentimes, you know, when someone's fighting against a big prospect, the focus is all on them. But prior to the fight, you know, they flashed the picture up there of the tattoo on your back with your 19 Marine brothers who lost their lives, gave their lives in Iraq. I mean, they were they were very respectful of you, treated you very well. Uh, I was glad to see that. And I'm sure you were after the fact as well. But that's my next question for you. The fight's over now. The TV broadcast is over. You know, that picture is not up on everybody's TV anymore on the Paramount Network. How do you deal with something like this? You know, when you came in and you were hoping to to get a win over a, a huge prospect and kind of, you know, maybe uh, vault yourself up in the standings there at Bellator. I mean, how, where do you go from here? And do you try to learn and grow from a defeat like this? How Do you let it get you down? I mean, how do you react?
2: Uh, you know, a loss is a loss. You know, there's no easy way. Everybody deals with loss and adversity in their own way. Um, it's just how life is. Uh, you know, the day after, I mean, that night I literally sat down with, uh, you know, I, I, I went up to the locker room. I was in the who room at the forum and, uh, you know, the band, the who, Yeah. and I was in their room and I sat down and, uh, you know, Henry Corrales came out to me. He fought in the fight right before mine and he, he consoled me and he gave me a hug and he goes, it's all right, bro. He goes, we all lose. That's what he told me. He goes, he goes, I've lost on the big stage, too. Don't, don't trip. You know, and, uh, that's you know, huge. It's, it's embarrassing. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, when you're talking to Corral, You know, the, the kid's going to go for a world title shot. You know, yeah. and he's coming up to me and consoling me. Uh, you know, it, it sucks. But, uh, you know, it always takes a few days. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a good kick in the groin, and uh, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, I, I went to Disneyland with my uh, soon-to-be mother-in-law and soon-to-be wife uh, the next day on Sunday. And, you know, we, we walked around and, and I I kept looking at my fiance saying, I'm sorry, babe, like I'm trying. And she understands she played competitive sports, actually played soccer for Gonzaga university. So she knows, uh, how it is to lose on the big stage. So she was like, don't worry, babe, (laughs) you know, you're going to deal with adversity your way. I'm just here to support you. Um, so that, that meant a lot that really helped me. So I walked around Disney and we rode some rides and, you know, yes, uh, Monday and Tuesday was kind of down, but I had my daughter. So as you guys know, like my daughter is my everything Yep, that's 90% of my world. And so I, uh, I was able to go to dance day Tuesday. I think yesterday during dance day Tuesday was kind of, uh, the pinnacle and, and, uh, you know, the ending of the, of the, Oh, sorry, me kind of concept. Right. Um, you know, and I, I was able to pull out of it, but you know, this morning, you know, I woke up and I'm in, I'm in good spirits. Uh, you know, now last night I actually went for a jog and they kind of started clearing my head. So uh, now I'm, I'm ready to get back on the horse and then and, and see what's next and see where I can go from here. I'm, I'm looking probably bumping up a weight class, right. Uh, that was the and last time I was in DC on your show, I was already talking about going to fifty five. Right. Uh, so one hundred fifty five pounds, and now that's going to become a reality. There's no more one hundred forty five pound Shane Crutcheon. I, I can't. Yeah. I can't be six one one forty five. I mean. Now, yeah, you and know, you know
0: that's something watching the fight and again being a, a play-by-play commentator in the sport again yeah. uh, no nowhere near as uh, as talented or skilled as you in competing but watching it y- you did look a little bit almost emaciated and again at 6'1 you shouldn't be weighing 145 pounds. Most people <laughs> shouldn't so uh, it seems like you know a lot of people are saying afterwards that that might be the best move for you because it, it did look like maybe you had less energy than you would if you moved up a weight class and obviously yeah. as Shane Crutched of Bellator MMA and 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu tells us his future lies in the 155 pound weight class, not 145 pounds. Now another question Shane is, after the fight comes out as you said, the internet haters some of them are clever though (laughs) And I saw you retweet something that I think it was uh, was it Eves Edwards who had put it out last night, a video of Aaron Pico after he beat you, did this little matador dance in the ring, and someone edited it uh, to make it into, uh, I, I don't even know how to describe that video that you retweeted. I mean, are you able to have uh, a sense of humor about most of the hate, or is it only the clever hate that you're able to laugh at?
2: You know, I'm able to laugh at all the haters. Uh, you know, none of them have been where I'm at. Um, you know, please show me a hater that's on the internet. I, I got a lot of haters. Uh, anybody that loses is suddenly like a hate, uh, a hate magnet, which is really funny. And especially when you get knocked out, they're a hate magnet. Um, Eves has been on the receiving end. Uh, Josh Thompson's been on the receiving end. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, the biggest names have all been, uh, you know, a couple of the, when I walked out, a couple of the fighters to console me, Tito Ortiz grabbed me and hugged me. Mm. Uh, when I walked out of the cage, and he, go, he looks at me and goes, Listen, that body shot was killer. You didn't take one, you took two. You still got on your feet. Yep. And he goes, You'll be back. Don't trip. He goes, It's going to suck, but you'll be back.
0: And that's a huge um, thing coming one, from a huge name in Tito. Oh, yeah. And
2: Tito, like, of all people, a former world champion, you know, grabs me and hugs me. Another world champion, Joe Warren, grabs me. Mm. And he looks at me and he goes, and this is on the way to the locker room. Bellator staff were like, come on, guys, quit grabbing this guy. And Joe Warren grabs me and goes, listen, you've got a lot more to fight for than a lot of these guys. He goes, trust me, I've been finished by a body shot. It's embarrassing. <laughs> you know, it's a body shot. He goes, don't trip. You'll be back. So it was, it was cool to have these guys. And then you got guys like my personal friend, King Mo. You know, he <laughs> comes in and he <laughs> he's not very good with words.
0: Yeah, um, sometimes he's, he's very, quite good, but other times he's, yeah. he's a little rough.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's he's rough around the edges, but I love him. And he looks at me, he goes, man, it looked like you were cutting weight in there. I was like, wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, you know, I just lost. And he goes, nah, man, let's go get food. And so it was cool, you know, like, but I knew what he meant by that. You know, yeah. it was like, it was kind words. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, you just need to, you just need to, uh, you know, <laughs> you just take the internet haters and you laugh at them if you, you, you can't take internet haters like i went on i call it troll hunting and uh i i went on all these websites and started troll hunting and and commenting people are like "Oh, that liver must hurt oh check out the liver and i i started commenting on people being like man you should feel it today yeah. you know and like <laughs> putting their little emoji faces and people were like you should see people's comments back, wait, uh, you know, like people are really amazed that I'm actually writing and commenting on their negative comment towards me. So it's kind of it's kind of funny. And then I, I, you know, caught people that were trying to troll me that are actually on my friends list. Hmm. Um, on Facebook. <laughs> so and, you know, these guys are like all of a sudden deleting me, um, you know, and so it's kind of funny. It's, I never take negative. I've been around long enough to where I can take negative negative. Uh, comments and and make light of them. So Eve Edwards, uh, Thug Thug Jitsu, he ends up uh, retweeting. He ends up tweeting that video out, and I I tweeted him back and I said, man, this one's funny. Even I have to admit that. <laughs> yeah, it was. And yeah, he 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 writes back. He goes, man, it's because you're one of the good ones, Shane. You know because that me, you know. And he texts me. He he goes there's not many fighters that can take a loss and make light of it yeah um you know and it's like and and he understands like we're at the biggest stage of the biggest stage there is no give me fights in this in in this stage of the sport um there's no feeders there's no nothing like (laughs) you you're either in it you're either in it to win it but every fight's the world series and you have to be ready to go and there's going to be a winner there's going to be a loser But I live by that war mentality. Warrior mentality. I'm either going to go out on my shield or I'm carrying you out on my shield, one or the other. So I'm okay with it.
0: You know, and there are, it's very true as we're talking to Shane Crutch in Bellator MMA 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu about his uh, debut at Bellator 192 on Saturday which aired live on the Paramount Network I think if you go to your website, you can uh, watch a lot of that event. Uh, You mentioned King Mo, he did have one great line there where he basically uh, called out the main event uh, fighter on that same card, Rampage Jackson as being round and not in shape and that's why he thought he was going to lose and it turned out he was right about that so good call King Mo. Um, You know, there, there was a lot going on for you around the fight and around the weekend, I'm sure. But for you, I know, it always remains a focus on those 19 names on your back and those other Marines that you served with. Again, 3rd Battalion, 5th Marines took heavy casualties and you have the names of 19 of those Marines tattooed on your back. How much were they in your mind as you made that lonely, long walk out from backstage to the cage at Bellator?
2: You know, my, my back tingled when I was standing in the back I actually had to stand in the back for almost good three, four minutes by myself. My corners had already walked out, and uh, I was standing back there, and there's two people that are in control of uh, telling you when to walk out, and they're standing, you know, in the shadows, if you would, in the back. And uh, the girl goes, looks at me, and goes, I Googled your whole story yesterday. And I looked at her and I said, excuse you? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and I'm standing there, and there's my commercial break, and she goes, She goes. I just want to let you know, I don't know if I'm legally allowed to say this, but I'm a fan of yours, and I hope you do well tonight. And I said, hey, thank you. I said, at the end of the day, it's all about having fun, and it's for the vets and, and my, my daughter. You know what I mean? And she's like, I love that. And the guy's standing there, and I think I gained a fan in the guy. Um, you know when I when I did that walk, man, it was surreal to come out to the forum and the huge crowd. And you know I had a I had a darn good constituent of fans in there. You know all the scout snipers showed up. Uh, the battalion commander for Third Battalion Fifth Marines was there. There was a ton of Marines, and it, mm. it, it erupted. You know, so it was it was surreal to be able to carry the names of my brothers and have their families and be able to live vicariously through me on the Paramount Network and just walk out it just felt so darn good
0: you know and it was it was great to see it because while we've had so many fantastic veterans and, and active duty military members fight in the highest levels of mixed martial arts I mean of course you can think of Brian Stan Tim Kennedy Colton Smith uh, Liz Carmouche your teammate uh, you know there are so many who have fought there recently, there haven't been that many who've been up on the TV screen as far as veterans fighting at the highest levels in mixed martial arts. So to see you on this this huge Bellator card that featured a title fight, a heavyweight uh, tournament fight that featured really the launch of Bellator and the new Paramount Network that Spike changed into, uh, you know, I, I really personally enjoyed seeing that, even if I didn't enjoy the outcome and even if I was grimacing when I saw those liver shots land on, uh, you know, a friend of the show and everything. But, you know, do do you feel like uh, there are uh, more veterans who are on the way up or more active-duty military members who are going to kind of carry that banner that's, uh, that's been been carried for so long in MMA but is kind of at a, a little bit of a low point now at the highest levels?
2: It is, it is at the highest level because, you know, and I'm friends with all those guys you just mentioned, you know, and I, I, there, a lot of them are retiring, you know. Uh, you got to figure, you know, we, <laughs> we've been in the sport for over a decade plus, you know, I, I don't have very much longer left myself, yeah. you know, a couple of years max, if that, um, you know, and, and then I'll be moving on. You know, Liz, I don't know how much longer she's got going, you know, but uh, I do I pay attention to the to the veterans that are in the local circuits and, you know, in the kind of B-level um, regional shows. Uh, and I, I get a lot of people alluding me to new veteran names. There's one guy that I've been kind of keeping my eye on um he his nickname's guns up uh you know he uh he's <sighs> that guy man I want to meet him he's he's <laughs> he's really kind of he's really kind of moving up man and i'm I'm watching this kid and this kid's just winning everything he touches so yeah. um you know I think that's the next new name he's a he's a young upper comer he's a machine gunner so it's it's kind of crazy you know it, it's it's Something that I think the veteran community needs to embrace, you know, we're, we're all warriors, whether, no matter where it comes from. So, you know, it's just something that needs to be embraced and, um, we all embraced it and it's now time for the younger generation to realize we paved the way. Come on guys, let's go.
0: <laughs> absolutely and we've been talking with Shane Crutchton of Bellator MMA professional mixed martial artist had his debut at Bellator 192 on Saturday against vaunted prospect Aaron Peek and now Shane we only have a couple minutes left so of course I want to ask what's next for you I know you, you don't have a new fight scheduled or anything yet by any stretch of the imagination of course but um, you know I know you do a lot of work with veterans charities of course and you're always looking for ways to help out the veteran community so w- what's on the uh, schedule for Shane Crutchton coming up in the near future
2: uh, you know, we got we got a bunch of stuff coming up for Mission Volant, uh, you know, some skydives coming up. And, you know, so I'm also doing uh, some uh, I'm doing a hunt uh, coming up and I'm going overseas for the veterans. I'm going to go to Israel at the end of next month. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, you know, it, it's it's crazy. You know, like I like you said, you know, always giving back. And uh, anybody that ever wants or needs help giving back, like, let me know. I love I love doing anything with veterans.
0: And if people do want to get in touch with you or find out more about you, I mean, is there a website they can go to social media? Where should they go to get in touch with, find out more about, and follow Shane Crutchton?
2: Yeah. Instagram. That's my life is uh war underscore rhino war underscore rhino. Send me a message, uh, on there, or, you know, just follow me. You can see Dance Day Tuesday, every week updates. Um, <laughs> and all the, all the giving back that I do is always posted. Uh, my whole life is on there through my publicist, uh Amanda yearly, you can contact her and uh line anything up i I'll come out to your event. I love it,
0: yeah, and you know to give people an example of uh the kind of thing that Shane does and sometimes even documents. As he was going to training in his final week of training leading up to the fight, came across a homeless gentleman, decided to give him his running shoes and a jet and clothing, you know, T-shirts and things like that. So uh, that was heartwarming to see. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good to know you're one of the good guys out there and good to know that you're okay after the fight and you're not going to let it slow you down. You're going to grow and learn from it. Shane, of course, as always, we want to thank you so much for joining us on The Morning Briefing, especially since I know it's what, like 5.30 in the morning out in California? So you're up bright and early to get with with us so thank you so much for your time today brother we appreciate it and we look forward to your next fight thanks brother you've been listening to the morning briefing i'm your host eric dame JQs is your producer a big thanks to our guest today ryan britch from the american legion to find out more about their ptsd and tbi initiatives again legion.org is the website and Shane Crutchton, You just heard him. You just heard him give you his Instagram tag. Go on there. Follow him on Instagram, Facebook, all those places. And follow us too, at Connecting Bets on all the major social media. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow with another great live show. 0700 Eastern and Pacific. Have a good day. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours